This is midweek matinee. Uh, we we do indeed this? slap. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, we we, we do the slap. We do the flap. Uh, only if you pay extra. We do the booty clap. Well, Brett does the booty clap. Um, yes, yes. Yeah. He'll give you the clap. Um, usually we send Please. samples by USPS, but we've had to figure out a different solution. So I've been using... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's the Chuck E. Cheese lost, lost and Found system. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's just you know stuff gets lost in the ball pit and it turns up anywhere. So that's our primary method of sending stuff to you. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it totally works. You know, it's also where they keep all of the pizza until they're ready to throw it back together and make a new pizza. Mm, yeah. And snakes <laughs> and snakes. Yes, as that was always my worst fear. Was getting into a ball pit and getting bit by a snake. Don't ask me why. That was just my thing. Did you, wait? Did Jackass do like, that? Yeah, absolutely. There was a python in a ball pit with Johnny Knoxville. Oh my god! I haven't seen any I of the Jackass one of the movies. movies. Oh god! Wait, you what? Are, you are wasting <laughs> your life away. You haven't seen uh-huh. any of them. I I forgot that oh my Blake god. was in my presence, <laughs> and I've just committed sacrilege. Um, Blake wants done, him to I'm be officially here. done by Criterion. So I mean, clearly he thinks that they're epitome of cinema. I want them to be done by Criterion. I agree that they're fantastic. They just do not appeal Seriously, to me. Seriously, though. They are like one of a kind and nothing like it has ever been done before. If that doesn't belong in Criterion, what does? It's just like I saw good, good movies. I saw like a 240p. <laughs> Jackass not a good movie. <laughs> I, I, I saw a low quality clip of the fucking fart dome thing. And it just like, man, oh, I don't want a movie of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, dude. <laughs> that, and the thing is, is that that's the movie. I mean. <laughs> I can't down talk it. I laugh my ass off every time, but it's also <laughs> grossly disturbing. Look, Josh, you can get all seven movies in one box set for $10 on Amazon. You've got to do Wait, it. Wait, there's there's you, seven Jackass movies? Well, there's Jackass 1, 2, 2.5, 3, 3.5, Dirty Grandpa, and Dirty Grandpa 0.5. I thought there was uh, Jackass oh. 1.5. That's almost as bad no, as Kingdom not. Hearts. Yeah. If there is a all Jackass 1.5, is, it's not in the complete collection. It's not in the box. Yeah. All they need now is a 2.5 HD remix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> final chapter prologue. Zero point, yeah, yeah. Final chapter prologue, 0.2. 2.5 yeah. prank by sleep. Divided by 12. <laughs> Actually, that would be the version that's only when they fuck with uh, Uncle Phil in the middle of, like, you know, uh, in the middle of the night. So in this room. Totally works. <laughs> I still think the beginning, the opening segment of Jackass Two is one of the best opening segments of any movie ever, and it's just Chris Pontius putting his dick into a puppet and getting bit by a snake. <laughs> so, in case you were wondering, this episode's actually not about Jackass. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this week's episode, we I'm actually going to tell the listeners what movie we watched in a second. First, I got to introduce you guys, um, Brett. The clap, Johnson. How are you this week? 
Dude, I, I really want to rename. I, I, I'm going to go legally change my name. Thank you. I've never heard my name said with that, but it solves one of the biggest problems I have with my name and that it's just so quick. Brett Beck. Yeah. I mean, alliteration's cool and all. Don't get me wrong. I'm not hating on it. I mean, plus, yeah, it, you know. if you go by Brett Dude, Johnson, Brett? then you can be BJ, and that just makes me giggle. So. Mm. Also, though, oh, that if makes you, you think that I'm changing jackass. my name legally, <laughs> there's no way in hell I'm not also including, in quotations, the clap. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm like mean, a very underground like local wrestler or something. True. No, you sound like someone's selling mixtapes outside. Of, like, <laughs> I was just about to station. say, would that be a mixtape name or would that be my like rap name? L- Lil Clap? <laughs> no, you're like... No, you hear- I don't like that. Here's two of my demos for three dollars. I'll also wash your windows. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> the hemorrhoids are basically forever mixtape. <laughs> yeah, that would be the name of my first mi- mixtape. That's very important information. <laughs> uh, speaking I love of that Kanye West song. <laughs> speaking, I'm doing well though to be uh, to answer the question. Yeah. Well, I mean, I so actually care. So uh, elaborate on that because we we had been talking about hemorrhoids earlier. Does that factor into you doing well, or does that put a damper on how you're doing? No, I'm doing well. Uh, thankfully, hemorrhoids uh, are not doing well. Hemorrhoids for me, thankfully, mine are very very minor. But I have a father who <laughs> has them very very badly, uh, and Sorry, Dad. I constantly think about the fact that I have to take care of myself. Man, you only get one butthole in life. That's my <laughs> philosophy. And if you want something new, you only get one butthole in life. You know, Brett shut Beck up. 2020 is my, <laughs> that's, that's my new, uh, <laughs> you know, your parents used to say, I'm going to rip him a new asshole. <laughs> well, it doesn't quite work that way in reality. So, uh, oh, okay. Well, let, let me know if you succeed at that. Cause that, that'd fix a lot what of What would be like the, you know how there's, you only live once you only get one asshole. So <laughs> Yogoa. <laughs> yeah. You'd probably have more than one dick hole though. Right. Cause it's just a tube. What? I mean, probably. Yeah, you like well, poked holes in it. You could pee out of like three or four well, holes, right? Well, that would beg the oh, question: if every time you cut like a sliver off the front, if that's a different <laughs> hole, like a starfish. <laughs> yeah, because technically you continue to make a new hole in the tube. So, dude, this is true. a fantastic episode so far. Please, let's keep going. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, following on that, uh, and speaking of Kanye West, uh, Blake, how are you doing this week? don't know how that relates to me but i'm doing well how are you doing (laughs) i'm i'm doing great i feel enlightened every time i get to talk to you guys about uh how penile anatomy works you know yes Mm -hmm. we are the experts (laughs) as you should clearly yeah i I mean i I was kind of hoping like the new uh jerry springer call line would just be you guys giving advice on like dick modifications (laughs) but i would love that jacob's ladder God. Okay. Um, Hold on. What would that be? <laughs> no, that's a real thing. You should Google it. <laughs> Are you talking about oh, a Prince no. Albert? <laughs> Prince Jacob. I'll send you a picture. Hold on. No, <laughs> thanks. Uh, <laughs> that just sounds like you're sending unsolicited dick pics, so I really hope that's not it, because that's illegal in Texas. Well, Chris isn't in Texas, so he'll be fine. That's true. He could be. Chris, while you're waiting for that spicy DM, how are you doing this week? Uh, I I'm good. I'd be better without a you know dick pic in my, <laughs> sure. in my Discord chat. <laughs> that, no, uh, I bet Discord doesn't have like incoming dick pic as like a <laughs> alert, right? Oh God, 
He um, actually sent me something. It's not a dick. It's a banana. <laughs> so, so Blake sent to our Discord uh, a, what looks almost like a stock photo of two bananas next to each other. And one of them has like the human centipede, but in piercings going through it. And then it's a Jacob's ladder. <laughs> is is that really what this is? I, I get is? it. That is actually it. what it's like called. It. Yes. Because <clears throat> you're going to take the girls. You're going <laughs> to you're going to bring them to a to a higher level, as they say. I really missed an opportunity not calling that the Jacob's bladder. Wow. <laughs> Jacob's I do like UTI. how the other banana just has wicked tattooed on it. <laughs> <laughs> and like, are are the spots supposed to denote that this is an older person seeking out these modifications, or? <laughs> They just they're just scars, like just uh, war wounds. <laughs> they're all tattoos. <laughs> There's some guys in the two, like the two, early two thousands who had their ASL tat uh, in earrings on their penis. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I will, I guess, attempt to rectify how completely <laughs> off I have started this show. Um, this week we watched Monty Python's Life of Brian. Um, that seems fitting somehow, though, right? It really does. Like, if anything, maybe that is what set this god-awful tone that we're probably going to continue for the next, you know, realistically 90 minutes. Um, <laughs> so, out of curiosity, uh, I want to know if you guys have seen this movie before. Brett, have you seen this before? I have, and I love it. And it's been years since I've rewatched it, because more recently I've rewatched. <clears throat> excuse me. I've rewatched uh, The Holy Grail. But coming back to this one is just so great. There's so much about this movie that is just side-splittingly hilarious to me. And a lot of it taps into like basic humor things that I really like. So we'll get into it for sure, but I love this movie. I've seen it before. So I, I will. Ha- I do have nostalgia tied into this. It's impossible to separate them. Sure. That, that, that's a good qualifier too, especially for a movie that's been around with as many opportunities to be rewatched as often as something like this has. Um, mm-hmm. Blake, what about you? Have you seen this before? I have not seen this one before. The only one from them that I'd seen was the uh, Holy Grail, which I mm-hmm. do very much enjoy. Okay, cool. First watch. Uh, Chris, what about you? Uh, I'd seen half of this before. And this today was the first time I finished it. <laughs> she said. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Were you like just catching it on TV before or? No, it was like, like Christmas or something. We were all sitting down watching a movie and I put this on and then we went to do something else. Oh, gotcha. I'd seen, yeah. I I mean, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Dude, in all fairness, like watching a movie on Christmas, there's like a a very low chance that something else doesn't come up that derails the actual watching of the movie. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Except for families that legitimately go to the movie theater on Christmas. I've never understood it. I've never done it. Mm. But it blows my mind all the time. I know a lot of families where the tradition is to go to the movie theater on Christmas, which just blows my mind. Yeah. And my siblings usually go like that evening. Mm-hmm. But mm. that's pretty much it. Like we don't go as a whole family or anything. It's just like once everything's kind of died down, we'll go. Hey, that's cool. I'm not hating on it. It's just <laughs> weird to me. I don't know. It sounded like you were hating yeah, on for it. Sure. Yeah, it sounds like you hate me. Thanks a lot. A little bit. I'm furious. You know what? Hey, this is a no politics. His name zone. is Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Jehovah. Um, 
<laughs> and yeah, this was my first watch through of this movie. I, I've seen Holy Grail a number of times and always wanted to watch this. Always heard it was great and just kind of never got around to it. Um, and, and yeah, I guess I, I probably should have asked, I guess, as part of this, but we'll go around and find out now. Um, what do you guys think of this? Like, Brett, what are your what are your thoughts on this movie? Life of Brian. You've watched it probably at least 69 times. Like, what, what are your thoughts? Nice. I think that Holy Grail will probably still always be the the Holy Grail hip top. Yeah, it'll be the peak of Monty Python, and I think it's just for a number of reasons. It ties into a lot of things that I just happen to like from a uh, from a standpoint of like the time era that they're playing with, while also going into a lot of things where they subvert expectations of that time period. Often <laughs> they do that in all their movies, but it's just. I really love the basic idea there and how much they just leave into the fact that it's clearly a movie that's being made. But this movie also has a ton of little jokes and lingering spots that I really think do the movie great service and make it incredibly fun to watch because it's just, there's always something going on and it's always fun to just sit there and kind of look at not only the information it's giving you in the forefront, but even more so the information that's happening in the background that you may not be paying enough attention to, but when you actually stop to look at it, it's kind of like visual slapstick almost. Yeah. Uh, are, are there any examples of that that stood out to you? <clears throat> I mean, there's, there's all they're They're all over the entire movie, but one of the ones that just always makes me laugh and it's such a simple gag but when they're going and they're running and chasing after Brian and they show up at Matthias's house and he knocks on the door and he's like, soldiers go in and like 30 soldiers go into this tiny house. And that's already funny enough to me. Right. But then we see them all come back out and say they couldn't find anything of a house full of people. I don't know why. Maybe it's just like a real juvenile sense of humor that's in my brain and tying back in, like I said, to nostalgia of <clears throat> excuse me, nostalgia of the first time I ever watched it. But that shit is just so funny to me. And then the fact that they, again, this is like what I talk about with lingering on something, not being afraid to kind of just go and call back to a joke time and time again where they continuously go back and forth into his house and every time Matthias answers and he gives the same old spiel I'm old my neck is naked and all this ridiculous (laughs) stuff and then the last time they go and it's like we found this spoon (laughs) it's something so trivial and so dumb but it's it's really great yeah hell yeah Uh, Blake what about you what did you think of this movie (laughs) um Okay, so everyone's going to be mad at me probably, but I think this is one of the most painfully unfunny movies that I've ever watched. Damn. That's wild. The bad take. I think I maybe laughed like three times and not very hard any of them. And I love The Holy Grail, which is why I was really excited to watch this one, but it just did not click with me at all, I don't think. Sure. Um, That's wild, but hey everybody's able to have opinion even if it's just wrong (laughs) (laughs) chris what about you i really liked it yeah uh i thought it was really funny um cool yeah i'm just kind of i'm just straight up taken aback by like what blake said that's a wild take I, I'm curious. I think it's wild take too, because like I, like I said, I really went into it expecting to love it because I do love the Holy Grail and I've seen it many times. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the concept with this one is like right up my fucking alley. Like making fun of Jesus, I'm all there for it. Let's do it. 
Right. But it just, I don't know. None of it really stuck with me, I don't think. Okay, so here's what I have to ask just because, again, I think that it's part of the reason I also love this movie is I just think the way that they choose to kind of take a stab at religion without necessarily being entirely, I mean, there's clearly the argument that it's sacrilegious, but I don't think anything is too far into the means of just being a lighthearted poke at religion. But yeah, for sure. Of the scenes that you can remember that made you laugh, what I mean, if, is there one notable moment that you can recall that made you laugh? I'm just curious as to what the moment would be. Yeah, I wrote down the four moments that I laughed. Do you want me to just <laughs> name them out now? Well, let's go ahead and lay them all out, man. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm not the host, so I hope I'm I don't not know why stealing. Funny, we all take notes, right? <laughs> I mean, no. But, it, it's but I like just, how specific yours are. Yeah, for you. Well, to that's watch. the only four notes I took, so, and they're numbered. So, <laughs> for you to come out of like a beloved comedy movie and be like, "Here are the four things I found funny." <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I love how subtle of a just fucking backhand that is. But yeah, go yeah, ahead. That was like- <laughs> angrily okay, scribbling down fucking uh, <laughs> tally marks like one uh, like this I really movie don't was triddle to be. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay I really don't mean to sound like that like I'm not trying to be a grouch or anything you don't um, we're giving uh-huh. you shit okay so <laughs> I really enjoyed like the whole ex leper bit in the beginning <laughs> <laughs> Where he's like, that Jesus, he cured me, and I didn't want him to or whatever because he took away my job. <laughs> that was really good. Okay. I just love how fast talking he is because like, I remember the first time I watched this movie. I was probably like 11, and I could not for the life of me figure out what he was saying until finally Brian says, did you say ex-leper? <laughs> and, and it just all washed over me instantly at once. And it's funny, even though I know it's coming, I always laugh more when Brian said. like pays attention suddenly to the fact that he's just been blabbing ex-leper this whole time. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> what else? All right, so the writing on the wall bit was pretty good when the Roman was like, um, no, you're you're spelling it wrong or whatever with like the grammatical errors. Conjugate the verb. Making him write it 100 times on the side of the castle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the whole schoolmaster thing was really unexpected and very British. And it, yeah, the the transition into it felt like just fucking perfect. Uh, I love the zoom out and all the words are just fucking covering (laughs) it. All different sizes and like shapes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The haggling bit was good too. I really liked that one. Where he's like forcing him to haggle with him. Yeah. And I love that all of these find a way to come back in the movie somewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's one of my favorite things about the whole movie actually is just gags consistently come back over and over mm-hmm. and over. And to me, I think it's even more funny that all of these people and all of these characters you're seeing are being played by roughly the same five actors. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, I, I don't know why. <laughs> I, I think that that, I love that type of comedy. Mm-hmm. I think it's what it is. Like I am a huge fan of Whitest Kids You Know. Yes. I love seeing the same group of people just <coughs> go crazily outside of the range of what you expect them to be able to do. And just, it's amazing that clearly you can tell it's the same actors at some point, but for a while it's pretty easy to not notice that it's the same people until you really start looking and you start seeing that they're all... You know, like you'll see literally one scene will be one actor as the Roman and it'll cut to the other like, you know, other side of the camera angle. It's the same actor as one of the <laughs> you know, the, the people's front of Judea. Yeah, which 
I mean, to their credit, like in analog filming days, that had to be quite a feat to like line everything up and make the scenes make sense and not feel super jilted. For sure. I have to imagine that every bit of filming had to happen to where the entire sequence that needed to happen with the PFJ has to happen simultaneously they just go off and pretend what the other people are saying essentially maybe have somebody off that's like yelling the lines Mm -hmm. for spacing purposes just so they can use that footage and then on a completely different day a completely different makeup they have to go through film it's really considering the time period that it came out in the late 70s it's a ton of work from a sheer editing standpoint it's just it's a marvel of sheer editing sheer force of will to edit the way they did shoot the way they did and then edit the way they did because nothing was able to just be multiple cameras bounced back and forth yeah and and like yeah the constraint they're putting on themselves shooting analog shooting with the same small group of people playing all of the main characters and then in an addition like how stylized the editing is where there are so many quick cuts and there are so many bits where it's like oh this part's sped up or like whatever it is like they, they make so many decisions that are flares uh that ultimately yeah are part of what makes monty python in general so iconic where you instantly recognize you know that editing style or that you know transition style or whatever and it's that had to have been so much fucking work so it's so impressive to watch you know in 2020 well i think the other half of the real important part about thinking about the constraints they put on themselves i think a lot of that came down to keeping a budget that was as low as possible Mm. but still doing something that was impressive within that budget and the reason i say that is i'm pretty sure those movies would not have gotten made had it not been that they could come and propose like hey we can do it for this very modest budget or at least the first one i don't think would have been made i don't think that someone would have been like hey we're monty python and we want to make this movie not that they weren't big it's just movie is a very different thing to blow into and the cost is so much different than tv production and the potential blowback that can happen is so much bigger as it releases on a huger scale so it is a more of a risk and i would be willing to bet that that continued to be a boon for them because I'm sure going into a place and being like, hey, we'd like to make a movie where we essentially make fun of all of Christianity. I have to imagine that they were all, they were met with a lot of, <laughs> yeah. Right yeah. Me. I, I mean, yeah, especially like, I think we take for granted how much more lax criticism of religion in general, but especially Christianity has become. So yeah, that, that's, yeah. It, it's definitely... Uh, they were in a totally different world when they made <laughs> this thing that is not only blasphemous, but makes fun of the idea of blasphemy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can hear me. I can't hear you at all. Yeah. Um, I hear Chris. Bla- um, yeah. Chris, I, I can hear, hear you. Too. Can you not hear me? So we were talking about making fun of the idea of like the, so it's being blasphemous and making fun of blasphemy all at the same time. Mm. I have, I, I noticed, I, I don't know. Blake, did we get to your last scene that you laughed at? We didn't, and that's my favorite scene in the whole movie. Okay, go for it. The Suicide Squad at the very end. <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect that shit at all. Didn't <laughs> it's either. so fucking good. And hilarious. don't you notice, did you notice that it, it was the Judea's people front? Yeah. So it goes back to the long running gag of how many different little subsects of this one group there are yeah. and how they all hate <laughs> each other, yet they're all planning similar shit for the most part. Um, <laughs> it's just okay, like, without so, bombs, like a suicide squad just ain't shit, really. You got to have bombs, man. <laughs> 
<laughs> or at least guns or something. <laughs> My favorite part of the Suicide yourself. Squad <laughs> is that the the armor has a like a little square yeah. for you to open up <laughs> in the chest. <laughs> And the final words, take that or whatever, <laughs> or that shows them. Yeah. I actually really love that. It, it seems that almost every comedy troupe eventually gets into the point of where they want to expand above just doing little skits and do an entire movie, mm-hmm. which is kind of based on one singular idea for the most part, but it's also like a, it's like a thematic glue, but then it's just a bunch of skits within that thematic glue if you really think about it. But going back to the kind of blasphemy part, I'm surprised you didn't laugh or you didn't mention at least. Maybe you got at least a little giggle out of it. I'm surprised you didn't mention the beginning of the movie when they go to the stoning and all of the women are there wearing beards. They're talking and having to like change their voice because he's like, are there any women here? And it's like, no. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. Like, that was good. None of the- but then also the fact that once he says, <laughs> so I'm sorry, once he says Jehovah, <laughs> they throw a rock and then he says it again and they just stone him. To me, that shit is so funny. And it kind of points on this thing of like how ridiculous that things can be sometimes. And I know this sounds weird, but I actually liken this to the, the actual basic idea of what cancel culture is supposed to be in that the fear of cancel culture is that by even repeating what someone else said that was so bad to get them canceled that you have the you run the risk yourself of being canceled that's essentially what you're seeing right there i'm not saying that that form of cancel culture is absolutely real i think sometimes it does end up being true but it's just a funny little piece of that movie where it's an interesting tie-in, and to me, it just made me laugh. You're saying theology is the real cancel culture. <laughs> to an extent. I, I mean, if you really think about it, I know this is crazy. The <laughs> idea of cancel culture as a thing, when you're really thinking about it, stems down to, in this movie, the take on what would be cancel culture, essentially killing somebody, stoning them, and forever canceling them as we're calling mm-hmm. um, wow forever <laughs> yeah. canceled canceled forever canceled them uh, forever canceled irrevocably canceled Holy anyway <laughs> um cancel you with yeah these. that's my never mind oh god <laughs> these moist nuts shut the fuck up <laughs> but listen <laughs> oh man but my point being there is that the basic idea behind cancel culture is that the people who are the people who would be canceling others are doing so because their belief set is so strong that they basically adhere to it as if it were a religion. Mm-hmm. So when you think about that, the, the idea again, maybe not necessarily the full reality and I'm not wanting to bring it up in that way, but the basic theoretical idea behind what people view cancel culture as is essentially the same as looking in and doing something on the behalf of a religion, mm-hmm. whether or not it's necessarily the appropriate thing to do. Sure. And I mean, it also kind of explores uh, the irrationality of faith and the, I don't know what to call it, like like the fanboy aspect, like the crowd, just like immediate dogmatic loyalty element, uh, obviously oh, yeah. shown to incredibly exaggerated comedic effect here, but where it's just like, oh, he's dropped a shoe. It is a sign. It's like, I'm going to start collecting <laughs> shoes. It's like, no, we should hold up our shoes. And just like, ah, the gourd. <laughs> <clears throat> I I will be honest, Blake. Again, I'm not like I get where you're coming from and I know that you just have your opinion, but I do find it really hard to in my head to imagine that you loved the Holy Grail but do not find the same basic principles used behind the humor here. But I mean, it's not that it's like, impossible. It's I mean, just, it's just I just find it surprising. 
that's the weird thing about comedy i guess is that like it can kind of be up your alley but still not make you laugh i guess like mm, i love stand-up comedy but like really there are maybe like five or six that like legitimately make me laugh yeah. and the rest are just kind of background noise at best or i just don't listen or watch them or whatever mm-hmm. but yeah i don't know like i said i went into this like i'm not hating on the movie or whatever like no, yeah, it certainly. was a fine movie. Like, I, I, but it just didn't make me laugh like I expected to. I guess. So I think what we're coming into is something that happens in every industry eventually, and it's something we talked about with a couple of movies. And some movies have been lucky enough to, I think, hit it, and some have not. In that things can easily become slave to expectation because I'm sure well before you ever watched the Holy Grail which did thankfully happen to live up to your expectation of it. But you'd heard so many crazy things about it that in your mind, it's just easy to go like, this has got to be amazing. And then when you watch it and it is, it's like, Oh, I'd actually seen form... that one pretty young. It's, oh, really? So yeah, you I didn't saw that have as a kid. So I didn't have any necessarily, necessarily like any expectations besides maybe whatever friend got me to watch it telling me it was great. Mm-hmm. I don't really remember, but I don't know. Do you, I mean, I guess, do you do you think of uh, the Holy Grail in your mind as kind of like a epitome of comedy? No. Because, again, I think what could happen is, and again, it doesn't have to be you, but what can happen in those situations is the basic idea of when you find one thing from a creator you like and then you have that expectation of them moving forward with everything else they do. Sure. Um, but it doesn't sound like that's it for you. So that's uh, no. it's interesting. Like I said, I'm not – It's it's not the craziest thing. I just find it a little odd. You yeah. Know, no, fun. I did too. Yeah. Like, as I'm watching, I'm like, why? Like, I don't understand why I'm not finding any of this funny. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I mean, like, like I said, the Holy Grail would probably be in like my top 20 or something. It's not my favorite comedy of all time. Yeah. But I'm also kind of. It's like, no Pineapple Express. Exactly. You know, it's no <laughs> Seth Rogen. So. Yeah. <laughs> you should uh, right, tweet Chris, John Cleese and tell him Josh, he's no Seth right, Rogen. I'm good. Yeah, okay. no, I'm chilling. Okay, I thought you were choking. Sorry. Yeah, he was going to perform like the Heimlich. Was <laughs> like on those Seth moist Rogan. nuts? Why? Why do you, why, you guys want me to... Like, I won't be look, able to edit this on. podcast. I'm not There's a. Look, we're, we're talking about a movie that has a bunch of return gags throughout it. We have to have our own return gags, and you gagging on moist nuts is a good way to come back into it. You know what I mean? Damn. Wait, I thought Chris That's didn't my, have a gag reflex. My... I don't. My <laughs> internet <laughs> can't. Oh man! I, I think you're uh, in a tunnel. <laughs> we're we're, break, we're break, breaking up. I think we're getting hacked by Robo Chris. Oh hello! I am the midweek monitor. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> it's that bastard Martin. <laughs> oh. I, I have captured your co-host for being a a blasphemer. Don't worry. Let me handle this. Okay, he's gone. Don't worry, guys. Oh, oh shit. I used my my reverse hacking skills to close the window that he had opened into our show. Oh, I have drawn a reverse card. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Damn, he just hit a no you. (laughs) He did. He just hit me with that basic, I know you are, but what am I? Now I am putting down this draw four, and I am changing the color to yellow. Uno. Yeah, coughing fit because he was gagging on them.
looks nuts. Ah, damn it. Okay, uh, Those humid I will, not, <laughs> I will not be able to edit oh, this good. podcast. I am dead ass. Not too bad even there's, joking. Too bad there's not like an audio version of word replace in, in Microsoft Word where you can just go like, every time this someone says, <laughs> replace it with cake or something. I, every time I they say what? <laughs> Stop it. Guys. I'm not editing this episode. I'm not even kidding. It's fine. I'm, you you can just leave I'm it. I'm putting my foot down. <laughs> the off the rails will even, be fun. I'm not even going to sync up the claps. Oh, I'm just going to fucking put the episode out there, and it's going to be just <laughs> nothing but dead air for half the show. <laughs> All right. Like a movie. Oh. Damn. Wow. Yo, bro, I was okay with you saying <laughs> that it just wasn't for you, but you have now... <laughs> You know what? I've got to show loyal dogmatic to this. We're, we're going to crucify you. Wow. Crucifixion? Yeah. Good. Okay. Right, so you're going to go up, haul on the left, uh, one cross per person. Thanks. <laughs> uh, so I, I was going to say that I was about to somewhat come to Blake's rescue until he said that fucking shit. Um, but I. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Blake. <laughs> yeah, jokes are not allowed. Yeah, Love no. We're, we're a serious show. Um,. I just kissed your urine tattooed <laughs> asshole. Blasphemer. God. Um, so I actually experienced something vaguely similar to, uh, to, to what Blake described as far as like, I I've seen Holy Grail and I think that movie coming after and having, I, I think it's fair to say that movie doubtlessly improves on a lot of what this movie establishes just because they, they learned a lot from this one and they got to do more and better with the next one. Um, I also don't know if there's a movie in between those. I have no idea what the Monty Python chronology is. Um, but I, I felt the same way where I was like, I have laughed my ass off to Monty Python stuff before. So, What's up? Life of Brian actually comes after Holy Grail. Holy Grail is like 73, 75, somewhere in that ballpark. And, is it really? Um, yeah, Life of Brian's like late 78, 79, something like that. Mm. And then afterwards, there is Meaning of Life, which is also really good if you've never seen it. I have not. It's like mid-80s, somewhere around like 83 to 85, somewhere in that ballpark. Oh, okay. I thought I had looked it up, but apparently I just misremembered. So, good to know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. There, there was something about this one that like I, I wanted to love it, and there were some moments that were definitely funny, and I think for most of the movie, I was like, I, I was rooting for him. You know, I, I wanted to be like laughing harder than I was. And I still like enjoyed watching the movie, but it was definitely like, a, I, I was less enraptured than I hoped I'd be. Um, though the, there were some moments that totally fucking, uh, threw me off. Like one of my favorite ones. And it's such a small thing is, uh, when they're, they're in like the Royal chamber and the dude who can't pronounce R's is talking, and then like the other dude who can't pronounce S's speaks up, and like the the main uh, soldier dude like starts to talk, and he kind of like gives this look of like the fuck, and then he like resumes. <laughs> like just that pause was fucking perfect. See again the the idea of returning gags. That whole scene's already funny, right? And even the scene well before that when he's introducing because the other guy who's in the chamber with him is uh, is biggest dickest <laughs> right. or whatever. And so that's who it is. And, you know, that the earlier scene where he's just going through and interrogating each one <laughs> and trying to see if they're going to laugh when he's like, does anyone else think it's funny when I say biggest dickus? <laughs> Do you know his it's, wife's name? <laughs> <laughs> that part definitely had me for sure. 
that's what I'm saying. And then I think the idea that carries forward, I, I guess to me, what makes it so funny is the idea that every gag when first introduced gets come back over and over and over, but in a way that's expanded. So like uh, talking about the Matthias thing, right? We see Matthias give that same old song and dance when we first see Judas show up with Brian. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When you're kind of seeing the hideout and what's going on. So when you're going through all that, then you see it get expanded and then it has this new layer in that it actually is this time the Romans coming and checking in on it and it kind of gets to go further. Then, of course, you have the scene where you you see his weird Caesar's crazy accent where he can't say, <laughs> can't say ours right. Um, and then you get to see that expanded as they keep going and you see the fact that people are already laughing about a bunch of stuff, let alone just the name, and then they get to expand that as you see when he brings in Bigastickus and he has his own crazy weird thing where he can't say certain letters. Mm-hmm. And then you see that taken again to a bigger scale when they go outside and are talking to the people of Jerusalem and they're all making jokes and just getting them to say <laughs> things that would have R's in them. <laughs> Roderick. What? Roderick? <laughs> <laughs> uh... It's a real, I get it. I think one of the things about this movie is I think where this movie does do a little bit of crazy stuff. Of course, the short sequence where he gets like landed into the alien ship and then goes through the little space battle and then what comes the back in and crashes. <laughs> and no one gives a shit about the fact that an alien ship just wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> but... I think some of the funnier parts of Holy Grail are where you can clearly see them rubbing up against the idea of like, what would a low budget take in this look? And just going through all the ridiculous paces of that and having it to where, you know, when they have those moments where it's like, oh, script and whatnot, and you kind of kind of pulled in where it's kind of being meta on the fact that it is a movie and kind of going into that. I think that that movie just hits a little harder. And like I said, going into this, as much as I love Life of Brian, and I do think it's a fantastic movie, it's more thematically structured, I think, in a way than what they do when they try to subvert expectations in the Holy Grail, which I think ends up working to a better effect in the Holy Grail. It still works here, but a lot of this is about trying to be thematic with everything and make a poke fun at some of the more interesting parts of religion. Mm-hmm. I wish I had a better follow-up to that. but um, So yeah, I, I guess that covers kind of like our initial... actually. Brett, I've got a question for you then. Based on, and, and I think this will be maybe Chris for the tiebreaker on this. Uh, Based on kind of the collection of responses we've had so far about this movie, do we feel like nostalgia is like a decisive factor in how much we enjoy this movie? And kind of like a an add-on to that question, do we feel like this is one of those movies that re-watching it is the thing that makes it funnier when you're watching it again? I have thought that actually what I was going to say before, you know, I was, I was hoping I'd have the opportunity where it would be organic and I wouldn't be butting in. But I do think, as I said, going in nostalgia being tied to things really does make it hard to separate. And as much as Blake may not realize it, and as much as I may not realize it for this movie, Blake Blake's love for the Holy grail he said he watched it at a younger age, just like I did with this. And I think right. some of it may be tapping back into that nostalgia makes it feel more funny to you. Or I think the only way I'd really be able to know is if I had never watched this movie before. And this was my first time and you're coming in with not, you don't have that nostalgia pull where for some reason rewatching a movie that you know, you love, it's very, very rare 
that nostalgia allows you to see it without those nostalgia goggles on. And it typically has to just be that it's such a nascent form of nostalgia in your mind and you haven't seen it since you were probably five and you've built up this grandiose idea of what it is in your head and then you revisit it 20 years later and you're like, what the hell did I think this was? Yeah. But later in life when you have that nostalgia that hits in like your early preteen years, it's easier to kind of tap back into that and have an idea of what it is. And for some reason, there's an appreciation for it. I always reference the new guy and Joe dirt as two movies that are like super formative to me. And I watch them a ton. I don't genuinely know what I could do. I don't know if I'd like those movies if I watched them or if, at least if I'd like them as much, if I watched them outside of the context of nostalgia being based around them. Cause I, I can't undo all those years. Sure. Right. So. I mean, that, that could very well be it. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but that could very well be it for um, like my take on this movie, I guess, because, you know, like you already said, too, like I saw Holy Grail like when I was really young. So, I mean, there's mm-hmm. really well, no way to know. Yeah. Like if I had seen this as a kid, maybe I would have liked it a lot more. I mean, I don't know, you know. You know what I think might be weird to kind of touch on Josh's other side of that question, which is, is it a movie that rewatching it may help? I do think that that has its own weird sense of helping, but it's still based around the idea of nostalgia. As long as you liked it enough to warrant the ability to rewatch it, you know, then I think you get to this point where jokes you didn't love the first time around or things that you didn't love, you know, this happens to be a funny movie. So in this case, it is kind of jokes and gags, but for any piece of content, if you like some things, but other things didn't quite sit well enough with you. I think what happens is when you're coming back back and watching it again, your brain has a more recent form of nostalgia and it's tapping into that. And it's almost like you're getting to experience the same joke, but with a, with an extra layer of nuance from the fact that you've seen it before and you pick up different details or you're in a different mood. And I think that you form a sense of nostalgia that affects the way that you rewatch it and it makes it more funny. And I think that's why a lot of the times in any movie, even movies I've watched as early as a year ago, but I've rewatched them a number of times. I almost love them more every time I watch them. Mm-hmm. So, sure. I, I mean, it's just one of those things. Like a recent example of it is I've seen Into the Spider-Verse eight times. Every time I've watched that movie, I think it's better than the previous time I watched it. Damn. And I don't even quite understand it, but it's just kind of how it is. At yeah, this point, it's like an 18 the- out of 10 for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, liking stuff on rewatch is definitely the case with a lot of movies. It. It's hindered a couple movies here and there, which I mean, I don't know off the top of my head or whatever to say right now, but I know there are times where I've been like, I'm going to check that one out again because I liked it and then ended up hating it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, no, it it can definitely happen. Sometimes it can go both ways. It just depends on a number of different things. And also, it's about the idea. I think one of the things that, and this is a little off topic, but you know, you were talking about Sinister on Facebook the other day. Yeah. And the thing about Sinister is I almost know that if I watched it again, I'd actually like it even less because the thing that I'm going to end up harping on is not the things that I actually did like about it the first time around. It's going to be based off of those, but it's going to be the fact that the biggest takeaway I have from the movie is wasted potential. So that ends up overshadowing everything else and making a rewatch seem worse. Just turn it off like an hour in. 
Yeah, exactly. So I think that it does depend on the movie. It does depend on the initial experience. It depends on why you didn't like the movie. It may be that a few jokes didn't land with you, but you still had a decent enough time with it. Or it could be that you saw a movie that had the potential to be amazing and just squandered it. And I think that those are two very different setups and they, do, they end up having two very different responses within your brain, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's totally fair. I, I think for stuff like this too, th- there's something about, at least it was the case for me with uh, Holy Grail. Some of the scenes are, there's a lot of nuance and there's a lot of, frankly, there's a lot of dialogue. Sometimes like mm-hmm. th- their moments have, like like they're very wordy and some of the humor is in uh, the smaller details that get overshadowed by like the bigger obvious jokes or like the slapstick moments. And sometimes those things are, stuff I don't pick up on the first watch that then the second watch I'm like, I'm already familiar with the big obvious jokes. So now I'm a little more able to look for the smaller stuff and noticing those smaller details is like part of, I think what gives movies like this legs where it's like, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, you can be aware of like the, your arms off. No, it isn't. But like paying, like (laughs) having seen the movie like four times, then you're like, Oh, now I'm paying attention to like the finer details that I hadn't noticed before. And that shit's funny too. And that gives you like more of an appreciation because they're like, wow, they went into that much detail for it. Exactly. And that's why I said there's a lot of early on. I mentioned that this movie's chock full of things that are happening in the background or that are happening. as kind of a sub aside from the obvious thing that just, when you finally do catch them and it's easier to catch them on subsequent watch throughs that you kind of just have that moment where you appreciate the fact that they dug that deep to give you that. I mean, I know it sounds weird, but even in any kind of media, when you feel like someone's gone an extra mile above what they needed to, and then you catch it in retrospect, it kind of makes you appreciate things in a very different light. Definitely. Um, I have a couple of questions for you guys. Cause this movie this movie asks a lot of deep questions, so I, I wanted to pose some deep questions to you guys on this. Uh, you know, we're a pretty deep podcast, right? Maybe we're not. Yeah. Hashtag, hashtag we're, deep. You know? We're super deep. The <laughs> deepest of the deep. I really do agree with what you're saying, my friend. <laughs> okay. Uh, Anyways, ask your question. <laughs> so, Rapid fire, go. Uh, my first question is, what would your revolutionary group name be? And what is your cause? If you want, I can give you all a minute to think about it. I think my, oh, shit, that's a lot. I think my, my group main uh, name would be the, uh, I don't know, the midweek martyrs, or, or maybe it would just be like the martyr manatees. I really want it to be something about like manatees that are dedicated to nonviolence and they, they really make a big deal of it. But that's really funny. But often they end up would be the midweek murderers, and I would dedicate all of our lives to only violence. Wow. Is that like violence directed at sea mammals or just in general? Everybody. Okay. See, I have you like ever played State of Emergency, this? that video game on PS2? <laughs> I have not. <laughs> that's I us. I, I like to imagine that the situation that's unfurling right now is essentially X Men underwater, where <laughs> you have the pacifist group who are like, this is what we're going to do to make mammals of the sea type be more appreciated. <laughs> and then y'all are both like going after sea world and in this setup <laughs> for some reason, it's like you have the Charles manatee oh, and God. then you have the Magneto manatee and they're going through and they're doing their thing. And 
they're coming together and it's essentially they're both trying to get SeaWorld, but josh's group is trying to do it with peaceful protest mm. and you know trying to just essentially be gandhi and then we have our moment of you know blake's manatee coming in and just being like we have to destroy SeaWorld and show them who we are and not to fuck with us right and he's got a and cigar we're essentially and like the going top hat absolutely and, the absolutely. Tommy gun. and we're going to completely watch we're, we're going to make this movie this is and the manatees of the sea and as well as all other sea mammals will be forever loving toward us and this will be Thank the first guys. movie with a, an entire cast full of actual manatees that were trained to mm-hmm. do this stuff <laughs> this is true we're not doing yes. puppets no revolutionary animation. true real life manatees yeah with guns this is all 100% real and happening. Yeah. Viva no la revolution. <laughs> all animals were hurt during the recording of this film. <laughs> Viva la resistance. Uh, is, speaking of manatees, is, is the midweek manatee here again? Is he, how many FCC violations has this been just this episode? Because that's got to be expensive. Do you? I heard my summons from the sea. He pays in shroot bucks. <laughs> oh my god! Um, How many Stanley Nichols is that? <laughs> well, uh, Manatee, uh, boop, gonna hang up on you. Uh, I, I want to talk to Chris real quick. I want to know what his revolutionary group would be and what his cause would be. Um, or Brett if he's got one ready and Chris needs more time to think. I feel like I would go with the. Uh, I feel like People's Liberation Front is a really good one. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like it might like it, be taken, but I mean... Yeah, it might be. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you go to Brett? I'll come up with a better one. Uh, okay. All right. Brett, if you, you, you're... Okay. You're storming the streets of uh, Texarkana, and mm-hmm. you know you're, you're taking power to the people... What is your revolutionary... First of all, what outfit are you wearing? Do you have a color scheme? Do you have like a hat? Do you do like a beard and a hat? Do you do just a beard? Do you do just a hat? So we definitely have a color scheme and it's very simple. Okay. It is pink, purplish blue kind of, and and yellow. Okay. Okay. So you're like a synthwave kind of vibe. Uh, a little bit, but it's really I'm going for Taco Bell. Nice. <laughs> You know, classic Taco Bell colors. Is your rallying cry live mass? <laughs> no, actually. Um, even though it wouldn't be a bad one. So, you know. But my, the, the group, I'm trying to figure out. I, I, I think that I'd like to lean into like the social media side of it. And it, our group would just be like hashtag. No, our, our, our rallying cry would be make five layer burritos 79 cents again. Yeah. I'm already behind it. And we would have hats to have that printed on them. Yes. So that's very important. If we're going to find a war, can we go part of this idea? Part of this idea is definitely in relation to uh, some stuff that has been said and talked and discussed and other great things from my good buddy who I think listens to this show, Mr. Corey Crash Hickerson. Uh, But there is a very important time in my life that I was molded and nourished by the 79 cent five layer burrito that somehow climbed its way up to $2.19 last time I checked. Wow. What the fuck? I think it might even be more. Um, Did I not tell you that they've since removed that item from the menu entirely? So here's the, here's the problem. 
There's, bullshit. There have been problems across the board with whether or not Taco Bell is removing certain things from the menu. The five layer does not seem to be affected, at least in my area, whether or not it's going out somewhere else. But what is for sure happening here, or, or I should say, things that have come up as to question as to whether they're for sure happening in our area is whether the case of excuse me, whether the quesarito is going to be removed from the win, the menu. But, but you know what? Sometimes on. you got to choose your battles. And as much as I like the quesarito, I think it's more important to make sure that we can get those five layer burritos back down to, I want to say it was 79 cents. And then they went back up to um, 89 cents at some point. It's really crazy. Can I just yeah, say one thing right. about Taco Yo, Bell? My biggest beef with Taco Bell, no pun intended. <laughs> Is that they don't use real beef? No. It's that they sell you this food, and it's real messy, and it gets all <coughs> over your hands, mm-hmm. and they don't even give you a towelette to wipe them off with. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> so here's a tip and trick out there for anybody who doesn't know about this. <laughs> Any burrito that Taco Bell makes, you can get them to grill it. You just ask them to have it grilled. Oh, damn. And literally every burrito that they do is 10 times better grilled. Also, the constitution of the burrito is much higher. It can hold far more pressure. Real so grill? it doesn't mess up. And it just also just genuinely tastes better. So next time you roll through a Taco Bell trying to get your hunger on, trying to live moss at, you know, 1.59 a.m. Viva moss. Yeah, that's what you do. You just tell them, grill my burrito, moss, por favor. And um, they will do it. And Kyle behind the and counter will be like, whatever, dude. Some people will be pissed <laughs> about it. But most of the time, they're just like, okay, fine. One more thing to do for this fucking job. But uh, yeah, that would be my rallying cry. I know that that way, I don't necessarily have the name in mind yet, but it's definitely in relation to that. And it's important. You know, whenever I was a poor young man, it was one of the only ways I was ever able to go out and eat places. Honestly, I really not afford the extra couple of cents to go into the dollar menu at McDonald's. And that was very important. The mixed chicken was my go-to usually. Mm-hmm. Understandable. I, I feel like uh, whatever you got to do. I, I feel like I'm gonna give you my struggle story. I'm sorry, Josh. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I'm gonna give you struggle story real quick. Please do. Let's just start the whole. Whenever over. I was very, very young. Now I was like 15, 16, and well, I wasn't 16 yet because I was working. So like 13 through 15, we'd go skateboarding throughout <coughs> the summers and after school, and we'd go and skateboard around in our area of town called state line none of us in my friends group had enough money to like we barely had money to afford skateboarding and we didn't have parents that would give us money to eat so the way that we would handle eating would be to go into our local long john silvers and ask them to give us the breadcrumbs that are left over when they do fish yeah the cracklins to you yeah and you just yeah, eat those, the and they normally feel bad enough for us coming in and asking for that as our only meal that they would give us a cup and just tell us to get whatever we wanted out of the, you know, out of the machine. <laughs> Damn. The long so time silvers where I grew up would charge you for the cracklins. It was like $1.59 or some shit. That's wild. We'd just walk in and be like, hey, can we please have some of the crumbs? And they'd legit just give it to you. It was <laughs> fantastic. You guys if it wasn't for that, I don't think I would have ate for a, a wall, you know, most of the summer. Yeah. Living off the saturated fat of the land, damn. <laughs> Just like uh, Brian carried that cross. Um, yes, left shoulder. Carrie had okay. blood dumped on her head. Okay, hold on. Okay. I got to oh, go back God. to another moment. Oh, me. God. Blake, I'm interrogating you, I know. Okay. Did you not even chuckle a little bit when the guy sees him walking by the crosses and is like, let me help, let me help, <laughs> <save> him, <laughs> sir? <laughs> See ya. 
<laughs> that <laughs> was funny. he gets crucified. Yes. Yeah. Will you, will you let me down if he comes back? <laughs> Are you going to tell me that you did not think any of that entire sequence was funny? It's, not, it's pretty good. <laughs> the other guy oh. being like, no, wait, put me back. Yeah, I was kidding. I'm not bragging. The, the guy who's joking every time, I love the fact that he like could have gotten away from the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was like, oh, no, freedom. They said I get freedom. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just pulling your leg. <laughs> Uh, but good. see it goes back to the long running skit thing right and I guess that's part of why I love this I am a huge fan of any time that <laughs> jokes get brought up way way later mm-hmm. it's a huge reason I love Arrested Development but the idea that we've gone this entire movie without seeing the group of people from the beginning who are fighting and saying you know big nose and all that <laughs> stuff and then we get to the end and those exact same people are hung up on the crucifixion crosses <laughs> and they're having the same dumb arguments and then it turns out that one of them's a Sumerian, and it's like, we reserve the right to strictly be crucified with Jewish-only sections. <laughs> uh, it's, it's very good. I, admittedly, some parts of it, I think, went a little over my head just because I'm not as fresh with like some of the biblical like stories as far as... like Because there's a lot of nationality involved in biblical stories and a lot of like uh, heritage... In, involved in conflicts involved in biblical stories and there's there's a fair amount of that that i'm less familiar with but well uh, jesus's last name was of nazareth so wow <laughs> thanks for that You're welcome. <laughs> um well geography lesson for the day did you like the little i am spartacus moment at the end where it's like which one of you is brian of nazareth <laughs> <laughs> I am Brian of Nazareth. <laughs> and suddenly they're all Brian of Nazareth. <laughs> and then he just fucking walks away. And I find it even more funny that even after they're all saying it, they still just go with the first person who happened to say, I'm yeah. Brian yeah. of Nazareth. <laughs> and the only reason it wasn't actual Brian is because he was bitching about the dudes who come up. <laughs> oh. I don't know. I guess it's just a layered film. I find when I think back to all these moments, even though I clearly just watched them, or Shrek, it's still hilarious. And like like an onion, you a creek? Yes, onions. (sighs) Our face have layers too, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Who has layers? Our face. Everybody loves parfait. Oh, parfaits. Yeah. Oh, they said our face. I was like, yeah, your face. I heard that too. Face has layers no, too, bitch. our face. <laughs> Whose face? Epidermal. Fucking You've been get it, son. Science. <laughs> All right. Well, since clearly none of us are revolutionaries, uh, my follow-up question mm-hmm. is, would you rather be imprisoned in shackles for life or Wait, crucified? You, you never came back to me. I came up with a name. Oh, All no, right. I lost it. I wrote it down. It's gone. Hold on. You wrote it down crucified. and it's gone. What did you write it on? A dry yes. erase board? An etch a sketch. <laughs> no, I wrote it in my Amazon search. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! It was so good. Can you do recent searches? I didn't search for it. I just typed. Oh, it I up. just typed it, and yeah, I got you. Yeah. Then he refreshed his page like a fucking noob. Exactly. Loser. God damn it! I'll no, come back to me. I'll figure it out, and then I'll edit it into this part of the show. I would rather be <laughs> crucified. Yeah. What's going to be great is he's going to edit the show with his part in there, and then no one's going to have a reaction to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll edit. I'll say it into the say, thing. You guys will laugh and laugh, and then it'll get edited in. You should yeah. just edit all of our laughs out and put them all at the end of the podcast. 
<laughs> yes. Just 20 minutes of laughing. <laughs> um, as for me, uh, difficult decision, but the crucifixion seems like it'd just be more fun. So I'm going to go with that. I don't know about more fun, but it just takes less time than being shackled no, forever. Yeah. Uh, I would rather be shackled forever for sure. I don't understand. Like, at least when you're shackled forever, you're inside. What if but, you're shackled outside? I mean, that's not the question. Right? Because we're where. I, okay, I said well, I imprisoned assuming. in shackles, so yes. I, I was basically saying the the scenario where you age to the point of basically losing your mind, uh, suspended by shackles in a dark, a dark prison cell, or uh, you just get it over with uh, after a few yeah, days like of the waiting. The guy in the movie hanging from shackles? No thanks, I'll take crucifixion. Mm. Preferably the, upside the- down. The crucifixion's weird because if I'm being dead honest with you, I love how this whole movie is like shirking off the how bad like and again it's a hit at Christianity, but just how bad they're like ah crucifixion's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but but dude, getting nails drove through your hands, yeah, and feet. <laughs> well, in this movie well, they kind of took, movie, yeah. which yeah. is one of the things where it's just a ledge and. The thing is, is that there are people I've seen different depictions that show that where it wasn't common practice for them to do it through the feet. Uh, that was essentially like hamming it up to make Jesus an all star. Um, hey, now, which is cool. Hey, whatever you got to do, man. But you're an all star. Yeah, there's. Uh, it's weird though because like I could see how if you're shackled every day that eventually you're going to get some form of Stockholm syndrome, like the guy in the cell did, where he loves the Romans even though they're clearly his captors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah which that kind of goes back to the fact like when the the liberation front of of you know whatever it is is um the plf plj is what it is anyway so whenever they're in their planning stage and they're going through and, and he's the leader saying like the romans have never done anything good for us and they're <laughs> like oh, well what about the aqueduct <laughs> Uh, yeah that, that whole scene. there's clearly like an appreciation for the for roman you know occupation in jerusalem sure I, I mean there's there's that weird argument of like imperialism also is a, a an effective spreader of like modernity and it's just kind of mm-hmm. like it, it, you know obviously it still doesn't justify any of the horrific acts can like uh you know done by any of history's empires but it's so like i don't know it's just funny seeing like here are all these good things you could have just shared if you were less of an asshole about it but instead you did it by military conquest (laughs) yeah basically like everyone would have been like probably a lot cooler with the roman empire and not wanted it to go down forever if they were just like yeah here are these things not here are these things by the way we own you now isn't it funny that the really the only you see jesus in this movie once (laughs) (laughs) i guess you could argue you see baby jesus at the beginning dear lord baby jesus halos mary and joseph (laughs) (laughs) yeah eight eight pound 13 ounce baby jesus Jesus. (laughs) i like to imagine him as a baby (laughs) i I like to imagine him as lead singer of leonard skinner (laughs) (laughs) we're not tuxedo shirt it's like he's formal but he lacks the party <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't understand how that movie hasn't come up yet by the way 
<laughs> Honestly, it's I've so been trying good. to not just constantly watch movies I know are going to make me just say dumb shit on the episode. Because <laughs> if I'm being honest, I don't know that I've been actually coherent at all throughout this episode. All I know Same. is that I'm having a good time thinking about this ridiculously fucking stupid movie. Same. But stupid in the way that I enjoy. Yes. I mean, what's the point of stupidity if you can't enjoy it? Absolutely. I think that that's half of what stupidity is, is just the enjoyment of simple things. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of stupidity, uh, that wraps up that section of the show, but I feel like we can still do like scenes. Like, Brett, you shouted out a lot of scenes, but are there any other scenes that stood out to you that are just like, you know, bits or moments or whatever that you look forward to when you're rewatching this movie? Oh, yeah. Now, I mean, really, we've touched on a lot of them. One of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is the haggling scene, as dumb as it is, because it's just clearly the basic idea of him trying to clearly buy the stupid beard that, again, it was introduced way earlier in the movie. And we have this back and forth of him just trying to do the thing you you would expect to want. Like, it's 20 shells. Okay, here you go. I'm giving you exactly what you said. That is always funny to me. I actually think the alien scene always makes me laugh because of the fact that it's not addressed ever. <laughs> like Brian doesn't even talk about it. It just happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the Suicide Squad, like Blake mentioned, is a great one. But one that we haven't touched on that I always just I smirk at the whole time that it's happening is during the Coliseum fight where they throw the guy in and then he just outruns his opponent until his opponent has a heart attack. (laughs) Yeah. It's simple, basic humor gets me every time. And the way he says it too, because he looks like this giant intimidating barbarian. He's like, I think I'm having cardiac arrest. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if anyone else noticed this, but I think about it every time I watch the movie and I just love to point it out. Early in the movie, when they're talking about the the beard salesman, when they're going towards the stoning, and you see the salesman kind of open up and be like, hey, you want a beard? <laughs> and the lady's carrying what is clearly an incredibly fake donkey on her shoulders. Yeah. yeah it looks like the donkey from Shrek. Like, literally, just taken out of the movie and put into this movie. <laughs> yeah, that's true as well. Um, I, I think I heard the donkey talking, actually. He was like, Shrek! Shrek! <laughs> Would have been a better movie. <laughs> Damn. Oh, yikes. <laughs> hey, now. I think, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I'm trying. I mean, really, of the ones that we've not quite seen, it's another small detail, but it always makes me laugh in the movie of when they're going underneath with their plan of to go kidnap the woman, the dude's wife, um, that where they're coming up inside of the atrium is completely them chiseling around Adam's like, odd piece yeah (laughs) just lifting it up yeah it's one of those subtle like yeah this is a movie about christianity just remember that (laughs) well but was that adam because he was totally getting a handy into blowy in that depiction and that was and again another thing where if i've always thought that to be adam because it's just a one man and one woman and they're covered in the traditional (laughs) garb of what you see them do yeah Um, by garb you mean leaf yeah, sure. <laughs> the leaf. The leaf. Uh, I, but I guess one thing that we didn't touch on enough, like the legit part that we didn't touch on enough, which is a really long section in the long run, but essentially the movie kind of touching on, like Josh said, the kind of hyper-fandom of religion, and that really is the right word to use <laughs> of it, but, you know, fanatic. Um, but I think 
I laugh at it because it's something I really do think about in day-to-day life often when I see people kind of treating. I have plenty of friends who are Christians of different, you know, they call them denominations. But essentially, I'm a Christian, and my view of Christianity is the one true one. <laughs> and that movie kind of comes – the movie touches on that almost immediately with the scene of him running and then her getting his gourd and, of course, the shoe dropping and everyone focusing on different aspects while he's just running away and they're trying to go ahead and hammer out what is the one true way of what he means. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's just so funny because I think that that's one of the most crazy things is when you hear people talking and they're talking to you about their religion and even though I don't believe in God – I have, I have a lot of religious conversations because I find them interesting. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I, I actually am not against the idea of religion. You know, often I've had people be like, oh, I'm praying for you. You probably don't want me to say that. I'm like, why would I not want you to say <laughs> that the thing that you believe will help me the absolute most that you're right. going to do? So it's, it's, it's ridiculous to think I'd be mad at you for saying that. That's how my mom but, is because she's very Christian. She always says like, I know you don't want me to, but I'm praying for him. Like, why? Stop. I don't <laughs> like, like, I want you to pray for doesn't me. It doesn't bother me that you do that. <laughs> yeah. And if it did, it's like, not like you'd stop. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah it's don't just so funny because I have a number of different friends who approach things that way, where the conversations I have with them are like, oh, well, this is where the other Christians get this wrong. And it's just something that's so funny that even when we find something that should be the thing that pulls us all together, and this movie touches on that a number of spots where like the the different people of the different uh, people's liberation fronts basically are coming together and they start fighting each other over who gets to actually pull the action out. Mm. It's the, the basic idea of even when we find common ground that should be the thing that pulls us together, we still have to like subdevolve into essentially different clans. Yeah. As, you know, as people say, we're, we're tribal people. And no matter what, we always feel like we have to have a smaller tribe of people that we agree with the majority of, and then everyone else has to be outside of what is correct. And it's just, I love that because not only is it funny in the movie, but I also think it's touching on one of the biggest problems with modern Christianity. And I I guess the spread of organized religion, you know, is the way I kind of look at it. And it doesn't mean that you can't go and, you know, have a good time being a Baptist or a Methodist or whatever you are. It's just, I think if you're approaching it from the standpoint that you're the only person that has it right, you're clearly missing out on what I think is one of the biggest lessons that the story of Jesus is supposed to tell, which is the idea of basic humility. Mm-hmm. So it's one of the few moments where in this movie, they make something that's also a huge, funny joke an actual important lesson. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I guess not to devolve into a whole conversation about that, but I was thinking about that earlier today of like how actually I was thinking about that as we were about to get on to do this episode, I was thinking about Jesus being crucified by the Romans is such a fitting, like, I don't know, like not allegory, I guess, but that's, that's a really fitting illustration of like, how many times is there like the institution of power and then like the group that cares about like morality and like treating people with kindness and how often does the thing that's in power while professing to be good out of paranoia it kills the people that are totally harmless and just trying to say like hey be better to each other and it, yeah, it's just sure. such a weird like i don't know that was the thing that kind of drove me away from it was feeling like that wasn't being questioned enough of that feeling of like i don't know it felt like a lot of people were seeking the biggest club to join as opposed to really questioning whether the thing they were joining on was consistent with 
supposedly their own values and the thing that they're supposed to be learning from and practicing. Exactly. Yeah. And I do think that that's a common problem. It doesn't mean that it can't be overcome and that there aren't people who are on the better side of it, but it is clearly something that doesn't get brought up enough and people just kind of blindly follow to whatever they think makes them feel like they're part of the biggest group, which naturally just for some reason makes people think no matter what industry, even if you want to move it outside of that, which I can kind of consider religion, at least organized religion and industry of its own. Yeah. Outside of industries or outside of that, any industry has the ability to where it's really easy for whichever one is doing the best and has the biggest amount of people that are supporting it to feel like when you're in on that, that you are the one right person. We see it in console wars. We see it in different movie wars. We see it in comic books with whether Marvel or DC is better. It's just one of those things. And clearly the one thing that we all look for is, well, which one has the most people supporting it? Mm Mm-hmm. And that's one of the biggest things that people use. Well, Sony has more consoles sold, so they have to be doing better. Marvel makes more money doing this, so they have to be better because more people watch their movies. Eh. Right. This thing is popular. It must be good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's Nickelback. <laughs> How hey, dare you? <laughs> I actually don't mind Nickelback near as much as people pretend to not to mind them. <laughs> I, I want a biblical-themed and styled, like, biblical-era instruments Nickelback, Nickelback cover album. band uh, called Shekelback. Okay, hey. I, I can, I'll, I'll buy their album. <laughs> well, I'll stream it on Spotify. I don't buy albums. Anymore. Well, they, they only do, like... You don't have the space, artists. man. I don't know where to put all You can all make space. <laughs> you can buy the digital album and then still stream it. And then you've bought the album that you love, given them that initial big amount of money, and then you're trick-feeding, like, you know, trickle-feeding them the little bit that they get from streaming. Or you That's can true. just, uh, you know, subscribe to their only do. Do they still get? Do they get more or less from a digital album sale compared to, like, a they physical album They get much sale? more. Much oh, really? More. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, you mean you, did you mean from a physical? No, physical. They typically get more because they put that money out. But yeah, if you no, don't no, like Spotify the idea of having low. to yeah. have the room. Yeah, Boy. but streaming streaming is terrible. <laughs> oh, I so know. it's best to use that as supplementary, where you buy it because you like it, and then streaming it for convenience also happens to give them more money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I honestly just forget that you can buy a digital album. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't have iTunes or anything, so like. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Uh, Chris, any scenes you want to shout out? Hey, um, yeah, I'm shocked we didn't talk about the biggest dickest scene. That was the (laughs) best. That's the did you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my bad. I mean, we mentioned it. We didn't go into it. Yeah, Yeah, I was gonna say we went into the dick hole. Oh yes, how many holes? We Jacob bladdered that thing. The bottom hole. <laughs> right around the, the tank. I don't really feel comfortable with what you're saying. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I just really liked that scene. I was surprised we didn't go more into it because to me that was the funniest scene in the movie. Yeah, but it was good. Oh, it's definitely one of the funniest scenes of the movie in the most infantile way. I don't know what it is, but that kind of humor just. And I don't mind it. You know, a lot of people say that if you laugh about things that are immature, that somehow that means that you're immature. I don't. I don't think that there, that correlation truly exists. I mean, I am immature, though. So Even if oh. it does, guys. <laughs> that <laughs> well, funny as hell. Even if it does, fuck them. Yeah. Are you telling me that there's no room from uh, there's no lateral movement for me to be able to be mature when it matters and then be immature when there's no fucking harm in it? Absolutely yeah, not. That's what I'm saying. We live in a society yeah, of extremes yeah. only. Yeah, and Blake, I wasn't aiming at that. I was aiming no, at, more at the world at me. 
I am very fucking upset right, well, at you, come you here. piece of dog shit. You're gonna I'm going to kiss you right on your lips. Not why? <laughs> why? Hold on, Chris. I actually, I, I legit did not say that for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> Only it once is, you said why did I realize that I had got, said it. It has gotten to the point where my mom has been trained to say that cake was very wet instead of saying that word. Because okay, I, get mad I guess every time. So you don't have a problem with your pussy. mom saying that. <laughs> <laughs> That cake was barometrically high. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's better. <laughs> it, it the pH level it, was it, off the chain on that cake, man. Yes. <laughs> that is not how that works. <laughs> it's ratio of I don't know. I just know content. my stepdad checks the pH level in the pool. <laughs> that has nothing to do with how much liquid, uh, essentially. Well, speaking of pH, uh, Blake, did you have any other scenes you wanted to throw out? No, I already listed all four of them. <laughs> all right, cool. Fuck you, too. Um, <laughs> well, your owls. Damn. I mean, yeah, that, that's I all I had on this. Do you guys want to... I mean, we can get into theology if you want. We can get into whether we thought that was no. a real or a stunt dick for that flash scene. Uh, real dick. Yeah. That was real totally dick. real. Yeah. It, it Absolutely. It, it had that, like, unsettling... Like, sometimes dicks in movies have, like, that like Vienna sausage look to him. That's just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, especially like, I don't know. There's just a small penis. <laughs> There's it something reminds- interesting about Roman pieces, always having to do something about that. Cause like, you know, I'm not going to lie to you that the scene in 300 is also weird. It just feels like it comes out of nowhere. And it's almost like, well, this is a Roman piece of, uh, of film. So, you know, this is set in Roman time. So we have to show it. This is a Roman piece. All right. <laughs> I've always felt like it just it just generally makes more sense for like a woman's shirt to be off than a man's pants to be off. Just logically I think it makes more sense in my head. I think it's because you've been conditioned by the fucking Illuminati man. Damn. So as someone who no. much prefers, like literally right now <laughs> I'm wearing short shorts and no shirt while we're recording. <laughs> I'm wearing pajama yeah. pants and no shirt. <laughs> um yeah, but your I, penis is put away. So no, I specifically that. have a flap. For you don't that. know that. Is my it, short shorts have a big old hole in them. Are they short enough that my dick just hangs out? How do you know? You don't. Are they like low rise, like early two thousands type shit? Nah, no. There's some Daisy Dukes, boy. They make my legs pop out and make the guys go wee woo. As a you have a taint flap <laughs> on the bottom. <laughs> your short Absolutely. shorts bring all the boys to the yard, and they're like. <laughs> They're shorter than y'all's. Mm-hmm. Damn That's right. exactly 100% it. Damn right, they're shorter than y'all's. Fuck that thing without taking them off. What? <laughs> it's strong to see that dog. That's like a horrible one, like for both of y'all. I mean, what, like, if, what if it gets caught in the zipper? It would be like a stealth blowjob. Like, kind of like, I would imagine like a gun holster, but like your dick in denim. short shorts. Just sounds horrible. Well, I mean, I would imagine your your dick leaves the short shorts. You would just start <laughs> sucking on the jorts. Dude, That's I what I imagine. I, I thought I you were just like taking you. mouthfuls of denim here over here. Mouthfuls? He's got short shorts on. <laughs> mouthfuls of denim sounds like a country album. <laughs> I would listen to that album. <laughs> That sounds like a very specific country album. <laughs> that's like a George Strait album. Mouthfuls of denim. Uh, I don't know oh, if I'd man. say George Strait, but I guess somewhere around there. <laughs> George something, you know what I'm saying? 
Speaking of George's, hey, okay, hold George on. Harrison is in this movie. <laughs> that is true. He is. But also, more importantly, I'm nice. a little surprised that none of us brought it up, and I know that there's probably a reason as to why it may not have gotten mentioned, but I thought it was pretty interesting that this movie had a pretty... Um, a pretty modern take of where we stand with trans rights. Yeah. Sure. But, I mean, it really... I, I don't even know why. I guess it's been... I've watched it clearly plenty of times, but I've not watched this movie in probably five or six years where trans rights have really become a huge issue. So watching the movie with that in mind, this is the first time I've watched the movie and been like, oh, wow. Like This is not that far off from where we kind of view trans rights right now like there's the people who are just essentially like hey i don't really care and it's cool and all but also you can't do this and then you have the other people that are like well but we're going to do this because we want them to feel included and then you have the people that just want 100 you know that want to live as far as it goes it it, it was interesting that it covers the spectrum as to where we are and if nothing else it shows us that at least in the late 70s we were not very far off from where we currently are with the basic idea set or that they were far ahead of their time and even talking about that in that movie who knows i was not alive in 1979 why not what? <laughs> how dare you yeah it was like how it, it was definitely like a little punchliney, but again like this this whole movie and their style is irreverent so it's not like anyone's gonna expect them to be like oh but you got to be serious about this it's like the entire movie is them lampooning christianity i think you can kind of contextualize it as such <laughs> and honestly, if anything, the fact that this is a Christian movie that's not inc- like immediately damning the, the idea of trans is more interesting than anything. Yeah, sure. To me, at least. I mean, if you think about those two things. I would call this a Christian movie, though. Like, they're not showing this <laughs> well, in churches. Again, what I should say is it's, it's, a, it's a movie that's based around Christianity, and it's almost like they took the opportunity to say in the movie as an as a moment to one more thing against Christianity, if you get what I'm saying. Like yeah, we're also you. gonna bring up trans, which is typically viewed from the Christian standpoint. Again, I don't want to put that on all Christians, but No, all <laughs> All Christians <laughs> are uh, ACA. All Christians are assholes. Are <laughs> ACA? I'll, I'll get out the AK. <laughs> Another ad lib in the whole podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, fuck. There, there was one more thing I was going to mention. Uh, I, I, I love the whole like uh, when when Judith runs in and she's like, "They're going to crucify Brian. Like, we got to go stop. We got to go like stop him." And she's like, "Uh," and the dude's like, "All right, uh, motion to," and then he's like having him write it down and shit. And just this whole like <laughs> procession. I don't know. I, I enjoyed that. There was something in the I, the follow up joke to the whole trans thing that happens there, and it's a very small one. And I'm I'm trying to actually remember it word for word, but it's essentially like when she when Judith runs in and says that, and is like, "Come on," and he's kind of like, oh, "You know, very feminist of her or whatever." <laughs> and then like he looks over at the guy who said he wants to be a girl, and he's like, "Oh, I'm I'm sorry." <laughs> Again. Small tie back to where I almost feel like if you weren't paying attention, you probably wouldn't have even noticed that that happened. Mm-hmm. Just a interesting little bit to throw in. Self-referential stuff is always so interesting to me. Yeah, for sure. I, I feel the same way. That was the thing that always blew me away with like uh, 
uh, Eddie Azard skits where he'd go on this long fucking tangent about like history and like, you know, some culinary thing. And he'd be talking about this really obscure corner of history and then tie it back to a thing he talked about 40 minutes ago. Yeah. (laughs) Those are the best kind of jokes though, where they talk for so long that you get to the point where you almost have forgotten. And then when they come back with it, it just hits you that much harder. And, and that's why I like that idea and like this movie. It ties back into a principle of magic where it's called like time displacement, mm. where essentially from the moment that you set something up, you then make sure that enough time passes to where the average person, even if they would have gotten some of the information, would have forgotten that information, thought about something else, which forced it out of their mind, you know, which pushed it to the side of their mind or even completely out of their mind just to come back around and blow their mind when they don't think when they've forgotten Mm -hmm. what would have maybe tipped them off otherwise you know and that's kind of the tie back in here and i guess what i'm saying is comedy is magic yes (laughs) Uh, or at least this type of comedy you know (laughs) referential comedy i agree uh well shit unless you guys have uh anything else to add or you know if if blake wants to do anything more to shit on a beloved classic um, i'm good man i've had my fill (laughs) <laughs> uh i guess we could move into ratings uh okay before we do that mm. we haven't talked about one thing yes is no one gonna talk about that slapping ass intro with the <laughs> really crazy animation style like i love that every time i watch this movie i legitimately enjoy watching the intro because i think it's put in right with the opening skit of seeing brian literally from birth being mistaken for jesus mm-hmm. <laughs> but then going into this little thing where you just kind of see what is ultimately brian's life it's just a crazy parade of miss you know for like unfortunate happenstances yeah and i mean and Go ahead. Really interesting animation styles. And again, going back to the idea of a point in time where your credits were in the intro. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's another thing I, I did want to bring up because that was something that I had kind of enjoyed about the ending where it was just like, all right, and the movie's over. Um, the main reason I liked that was because it ending on, of course, the the classic, always look on the bright side of life. Like, <laughs> First of all, having your movie end on a chorus of singers who are all crucified on crosses, like fucking chef's kiss, dude. Like that, that's, that's spectacular. Um, but yeah, Jesus, the musical, (laughs) put your hands together. Well, maybe not, but, um, yeah, no, that, that, that was the thing I appreciated about the the credits, but dude, absolutely. The, The whole opening credit sequence was fantastic. And again, going to, thinking about how they would have had to make it and how detailed the animation was and how many different layers they had going on where it's like, here's this big like building that's got like, uh, you know, the actual credits on it and it's going down and there's a moving background behind it. And then we've got another thing that's moving in front of and then behind it and you can see it through the layers. Like that's fucking intricate. It wouldn't shit. surprise me if the intro was honestly half the budget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just animation at that point was not necessarily cheap and the way that they're doing it too and to make sure and go through and also write your own song for it it's just they're clearly a musical group and the guy who does open up with the always look on the bright side is the one who typically does their musical numbers Mm. i can't remember the actor's name off the top of my head eric idol thank you uh so when you're going through that it's like it's not so. It's not overly surprising that they would want to sit there and give this that extra layer of, of touch of like specialty with this crazy opening and intro song. But it was just 
I love that. I guess again, it kind of it's not too out of the way of what you expect when you watch something like Holy Grail because it's not that far from the way they do everything there. But the way that they do effects and everything together are normally pretty interesting because they work, but they're cheap. But then you have this, which is not really an effect. This is just a very specific animation or a very specific medium to choose to do this in that I just feel like deserves as much appreciation as everything else does in the movie because it is really good. <laughs> Fuck yeah, it is. Um, anything else you guys want to shout out before we get into ratings? I'm good. Cool. Lake, would you like to shit on the movie one more time? Yeah, fuck this shit. Hurry up. Let's get this over with. <laughs> Thank you. All right. <laughs> wow. Brett, what is your rating for this movie? My rating is the rating as... No, I, I, honestly, <laughs> because I don't want to give it the same rating, even though I think maybe it really is to me just as irreverent as Holy Grail, I'm going to give it a 4.5. Interesting. Hey, same rating as me. <laughs> yeah, speaking of, Blake... How, what was your rating of this movie? <laughs> okay. So I think I had it lower than it should have been because <laughs> talking about it, like I don't think it's funny still, but I think it's better at doing things than I guess I realized or whatever. So I'll give it two stars. Holy shit. What did Jesus you have it at at first? I had one star on Letterboxd. <laughs> what is Blake, wrong with you? You are a fucking enigma. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like, it just did not appeal to me at all. Like, okay, literally, okay. like 45 no, 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 no. minutes in, and I was like, next, okay, I'm next, ready for this shit to be over. Next time you come into this podcast and you're like, oh, I love this movie, I can't wait, and someone just goes, I mean, it was okay, you don't get to talk ever again. <laughs> <laughs> also, if I may, just because I feel like it's important. All right, here, go ahead. I cannot believe... That you had, if you would not have prefaced it with the fact that you originally had it wrong, <laughs> I would have had no problem with you saying two from your initial I statements. I'd have been it. like, I'd have been like, okay, it's but the worse. fact that you're like, my initial thing was a fucking one. Hey, a one out of two, so it's a fifty percent. <laughs> That's not how that works. <laughs> so you're saying when you moved it to a two, it became a two out of two. So you just gave it a basically a five out of five rating. Okay, cool, yeah, perfect. perfect. Right. Perfect. So sure. my rating is. All right, what you got, Chris? Sorry to steal your thunder, Josh. (laughs) (laughs) Josh is free to introduce me. I can always cut it around. (laughs) In this corner. Uh, Oh, yes. You're actually literally in a corner of the state. Weighing in at... I have no idea what you weigh. Feel free to edit it in. And standing tall (laughs) at... Edit it in for this spot, too. Chris, the hot take fix... Uh, four stars. I was going to say it. You're a good man, Chris. Blake sounds Thank like you. a yeah. CD over here. Honor <laughs> on you and your family. <laughs> blessings be to thee, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Blessings to those who rate this movie at least four stars or higher. Well, fuck me, I guess. Gave it the same rating so far. <laughs> oh, shit. I think, I think Josh may have just fallen below our blessed be the line. That's, that's oh. fine. It's always been known that I was going to hell. Uh, I rated it three and a half. I enjoyed it. I wanted to enjoy it more, but I leave the door open for the very likely possibility that I end up watching this movie several more times and liking it more and rating it higher in the future. So this is a first. That'll be an interesting conversation to have with you separately, you know? Yeah. It's, I've had it happen to a lot of movies. Uh, and I think the nostalgia factor is part of it. And 
maybe part of that too is your wanting to like something makes you inclined to give it a higher rating. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, even just separate of that, I enjoyed this and I definitely think, especially cause like I, I want to do like a chronological Monty Python. Like I want to read a little bit of like the backstory of like what they were going through at different points in the careers and like, you know, just what went into making each of the different works. Like I, I love nerding out on all the behind the scenes stuff while I'm catching up on somebody's body of work. So I will yeah, for sure. absolutely do that at some point uh, when I revisit Life of Brian. Well, and I'm really curious to see when you get a round two meeting of life where you stand on it. Because it's a very different movie. It's still funny, but it's a, it's also an interesting choice. I feel like, if nothing else, they tackle very interesting ideas with each one of their movies. Yeah, isn't that one like really dark? A little, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's the the right word to use for it, but it's it is different, you know. Hmm. Well, I definitely am interested in checking it out at some point. Uh, well, shit. If that's ratings, does that conclude what has been my final episode on midweek matinee? I think that you have one. Hold on. Oh, oh. oh. The, I, I think there's a call from the midweek manatee coming in. What the fuck was that? Are we getting hacked? Edward Snowden, Uh, is that you? uh, The Russians are after us. (laughs) Hi, it's me, Eddie. Eddie Snowdy. The midweek snowmanay. What's up, Ed? Oh, I'm good. How are you? I'm good, man. Uh, we're actually, you've caught us in a weird time. Uh, yeah, we're, same, we were same. talking about uh, Life of Brian, which is our, also it's a good time for you to kind of give a final goodbye to uh, Mr. Oh, not necessarily final goodbye, but for at least probably a while. It's it's your chance huh. to say something to Josh real nice. But we're talking about Life of Brian, which was his final movie choice in our typical rotation, well, it, at least. Oh, I mean, it is final because okay. you guys are going to crucify me after this. That's true. Absolutely. Yes, we will hang you by your hands. <laughs> um, I really do like Life of Brian. Yeah. Oh, I tell you, the the Dude. recounts from all the drunk manatees that you can find in the history of marine biology yeah. is just well, truly amazing. That's where. See, that's why this movie offends me because I do believe in the human God because you guys talk about Moses parting the Red Sea and he did do that but that was when our manatees had turned the water into wine so it was just Merlot I gotcha yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it wasn't, the, it wasn't the Red Sea so much as it was the Merlot Sea right it was the Red Wine Sea mm-hmm. yeah I see but yes this movie is actually one of the most offensive movies that i've ever seen in my life but you really liked it is that also what you said i mean i i liked it in that way where like you know you you get the victoria's secret magazines in the mail and you hide it under your pillowcase like that kind of way you know mm -hmm. i gotcha i Mm -hmm. Hey, I was 13 once. Don't worry about it, buddy. Well, uh, you know, I have to, I think that it's time for us to all just, you know, kind of give an okay and, and goodbye to Mr. Josh here. So if you want to give one real quick, Mr. Uh, you're, you're our midweek manatee this week. So thanks well, to you. Thank you for that, man. I don't, I don't really know him. I'm going to pass him off to my buddy. Who's a little more friendly with him. Okay. Uh, Josh, it was nice meeting you for the first time. Um, goodbye. 
Oh, hello, Joshua. Oh, God. <laughs> how, uh, how I hear you are leaving the midweek matinee. <coughs> yeah, you know, I, I gotta I gotta traverse the Rainbow Bridge and uh, return to ah. Asgard. It sounds like Martin may be taking, like, just a huge fucking rip of a bong. I just have a very uh, strong accent, and the man who I forced to talk does not have strong throats. <laughs> I, I understand. I understand. He yeah. was a smoker, and now he is not, but it still hurts a little bit to do this voice. Mm. Mm. Well, I guess we'll but, let you uh, go. I'd hate for you to keep coughing and, like, tear a tonsil. Yeah, I I do not have tonsils. They've already moved in the third grade. <laughs> well, I don't want you to yeah. tear your uvula. Oh, I heard a song about the uvula by 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 Cardi B. The 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 little thing hanging in the back of the throat. Oh y- yeah, y- you get Cardi B uh, under the sea. Mine got I hit do. by a Big Mac truck. Car- Cardi B got hit by a Big Mac truck. No, my yeah. dad did. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love that. I love the little TikToks. Oh, yeah. You like WAP, though, right? Wet ass plankton? Yes, I do love a wet ass plankton and a wet ass pussy when the cats, <laughs> the cats fall off of the docks. Ah, muy delicioso. Oh, yeah. Please, yeah. sir, this is a Christian podcast. It's wet ass P word. Ah, I am sorry about the wet ass P word. <laughs> It is a gynecologist. It is, you know, a vaginal disease to get wet pussy. Yes, my wife, doc- my doctor wife said. My wife is supposed a doctor. to be wet. <laughs> I if you need a bucket and a mop, you have like trichinosis or something, you know what I mean? I can't imagine self owning in front of two million people that are. <laughs> well, Josh, I will say goodbye. Buongiorno. Okay. Okay. All right. See ya. See ya, dude. Bloop, 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 bloop. I am swim away, swim, swim, swim away. Bye, Martin. You fucking crazy manatee. You. If I could interject real quick, uh, yes. I did neglect to mention this at the top of the show, which might make yeah. this point in the conversation uh, <laughs> a little difficult to follow for anyone who's made it this what? far. <laughs> um, which, I, if you want, I can record something to put in the top of the show. Uh, but yeah, this is my last episode for now. Um, uh, just have a lot going on in life and felt like uh between handling my own shit in life and what you guys deserve for you know growing this podcast and continuing this off the rails absolute shit fest of a fucking show um (laughs) you know it, it, it takes it takes a high level of professionalism to to operate at this high level that we've set so far with midweek matinee so it definitely does yeah and uh yeah and the truth is i i just i couldn't hang so uh so yeah actually ceremonially i will be crucified for not being able to live up to the midweek matinee standard um upside down yes i mean peter was crucified upside down right yeah uh, that's like one of the few- form of reverence yeah i mean that's fine as long as it's a uh, reverential torture yeah <laughs> uh yeah. it's torture out of love well, well, that's the only kind of torture there is, right? So true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Guantanamo Bay is Spanish for love day. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. In case you didn't know that, little known fact. Osama bin Laden, Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> Love to get a Guantanamo Bay reference into our friendly podcast. <laughs> Anywhere we can, you know what I mean. Yeah. 
Hey, listen, if you're looking for a new vacation spot. <laughs> I mean, I, I hear they got like waterboarding. That's day. like that's like surfing, right? Yeah, yeah. Harold and Kumar seem to like it. <laughs> anyway. But for real, we will miss you, Josh. Yes. And our door is always open, unless it's closed. But it's I mean, a rotating door, so just push. <laughs> if the pod, if if the podcast is rocking, don't come knocking. You know, that's all. That's what my grandpa used to say. You know, they don't knock. Just come on in. If there's a sock on the door, please come in quietly. I'm trying to record a show. Uh, <laughs> or masturbate. You'll find out. <laughs> I mean, I I'll use the sock. Surprise sock. sock. <laughs> if I just hear a quiet clapping sound, that that's Brett doing his work. No, he's yep. playing putt putt. He's got a new one That's of those right. mini putt putt practice sets. If the, if the sock on the door feels like a a log, I'm uh, masturbating. Uh, if it's a regular sock, I'm just podcasting. <laughs> oh, God. guys, I have to tell y'all a short story about um, my dummy thick cheeks. Oh, your glove okay. nine thousand. <laughs> yeah. Um, once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered, weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore. While I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a clapping, as someone gently tapping, tapping at my chamber door. Oh, <laughs> got a boner. <laughs> Is it- there you go. Okay. Was, Tis some was- visitor, I muttered, oh. tapping at my chamber door, or my dummy thick ass, clapping, nothing more. So, there you go. I was, can we get a... Um- Midweek Manatee that's just poems. <laughs> yeah, can we make him like an Edgar Allan Poe dude too though? Like where it's like a manatee version of that? Would that just be like a movie review and in the end everyone dies? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And he was left with his review of the life of Brian and stuck in the dungeon forever with zero food <laughs> and the candle dwindling down. But here's the great thing. I actually really love Edgar Allan Poe and I can probably recite a good bit of it, but I also have an entire compendium of most of his work literally behind me in the studio. Mm-hmm. So I can do this at any given time. I could just pull that bitch out and we can get at it. I've got one too. Maybe it's some, in a box uh, somewhere. Uh, well... <laughs> That's great. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm glad to know that about you. I think, uh, in, in whatever way, do, do's, um I, I haven't listened in a while. Regrettably, do you make space for like fan questions on Triangle Squared, or is that more just the social media aspect? We do sometimes. It just depends on what's going on. We used to do media. We, we used to actually do reader mail, which was like entirely me and Saul as Triangle Squared, but you could ask us any question and we'd do them, um, you know, once a month or whatever. And he does mean anything. Okay. And that was really fun. So I did mean anything. So I'm going to badger <laughs> the ever loving shit out of you for more of this then. Okay. I, by more of this, I assume you mean me reading off <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe. Yes. Yes. No, no, okay. just your dulcet tones in general. Just you making inappropriate the, jokes. Brett, what I want from now on is for you to do Edgar Allan Poe every once in a while on the show. But like one out of every 20 is just your actual poetry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's what I want. I, I believe in you. Yeah. All right, I will. I will write some of those dank ass rap lyrics I've been doing, you know. Or uh, as a substitution for poetry, uh, <laughs> perhaps it can just be like a thirty second metalcore song. That's true. That's you know true. what I'm gonna start doing? I'm gonna do every twentieth will just be a fucking haiku. 
Yes. That's what I'll, that's what I, that's, that's what I'll sneak in. I'll just write a haiku and just throw that shit out there, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I stand by that for sure. Uh, poetry is awesome for as much awesome. as people shit on high I, I know people like kind of shit on haikus because of the way they teach them to you in school but they can be really powerful <laughs> yeah man I really like haikus. haikus you ever read some Emerson yeah haikus are awesome they're very very cool Blake it is your turn to pick movies uh, I you know what just out of being a good sport I will watch whatever it is anyway and I will just DM you just random thoughts <laughs> yeah. about it <laughs> Josh DM segment. (laughs) All right. So this week we are watching the highly acclaimed 10 times Oscar winning film from like early to mid 2000s or something like that. It's called Grandma's Boy. We're watching Grandma's Boy next week. Oh, God. Oh, fuck. (laughs) I'm glad you said that. I have been for like the last two months thinking about watching that movie but every time i have this part of me it's like hold off in case we watch it on the podcast <laughs> the only movie i've watched recently that has that i was like 100 like i don't even care if we end up doing it on the podcast because i just really wanted to watch it it was saturday i watched cloudy with a chance of meatballs too because it's fantastic oh, yeah, so it was the first one i've listened to cloudy with a chance of meatballs one and two probably 20 times last month when we went to florida so I can quote it, but I I don't know what happened in them. So I, I my favorite for a second okay. thought you were gonna say that you just listened to the audiobook of Body <laughs> with a Chance of Meatballs. <laughs> like, no, there's a DVD player possibly? in the back of the SUV, so I couldn't see it, oh, but I could God. damn well hear it the entire trip. <laughs> so. so the first movie, you know how his invention's called the Fliz Dismafer? <laughs> yeah. No. Every every time <laughs> since that's happened. Nope. <laughs> uh, anyway, every time since that's Spoiler. happened, because of the way he says it, I always go in my mind, shorty got them apple bottom jeans, flid dismal fur. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Brad. <laughs> Take us out. Get the fuck. I'm done. <laughs> this has been Midweek Matinee. If you'd like to follow us on Patreon, you can do that at patreon.com slash <laughs> We can support like us for as little show. as even a dollar. <laughs> A dollar a month gets you an episode of this show three days early. Check us out on iTunes. <laughs> Five star review, please. Yes. Subscribe to our iTunes. If you'd like to reach us on Twitter, you can do that at Mat- matinee underscore midweek. Hopefully one day that the person with, with the account sitting on midweek matinee will let us have it. <laughs> we'll uh, just die. You can, if you want to hear more of me, Brett, you can do that at Triangle Square at PlayStation <laughs> Podcast. Where me and my friend Saul discuss the week's PlayStation news. <laughs> I think I got. It. I think I did all of it. <laughs> I'm loving it. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and just uh, I'm gonna let Chris name off our patrons. <laughs> <laughs> Should I try? I think I could do some of them. All right. Uh, well, one of the reasons that you support on Patreon is because at the end of the episode, we'll sometimes read your name off. So we got a uh, Kevin every Bacon time, Bits. Every time. Every time. Not sometimes. We'll always do it. There's uh, Kevin Bacon Bits. Uh, <laughs> Josh. Blake Popes. <laughs> Blake Popes. Yep. Chris Figs. Sean uh, Juan Neo. Sean Juan Neo. <laughs> that might be wrong. Uh, There's Kevin. Chris is sorry Kevin, for offending Kevin anyone Strader. in the during this segment. <laughs> I'm doing this from memory. I don't even have a list. Uh, it's just because I edit the show. Uh, there's Reagan. Kevin Bacon Bits. I said him. Oh, that would be fun. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, we should probably have Brett actually read it off, but I got yeah. four of your names right. That's very good. Yeah, you did a so good thanks job, to dude. the rest of our patrons, uh, Mr. Eric McAllister, Josh Jarrell, Matthew Green. My name is Dan, Luke Bartolomeo, Sean Santarude, Funk Turkey, Danny Villalobos, <laughs> Corey Hickerson, Blake Popes, Kevin Bacon Bits, Joshua Lago, Shadow, Shadowist, Stephen Salazar, The Stonard, Travis Below, Eduardo Palomino, Stefan Swanland, Constantly Kenny, Solitary Red, Chris Figs, Zachary Sawyer, Landis, Brian, Donovan Williams, William Digital Spooker, Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, Brandon Edwards, Sean One Neo, Tyler Powers, El Chabib, Jason Clendenning, and lastly, Tyler B. Thank you guys so much. And if you would like to become a patron, head over to patreon.com slash nartech and consider giving as little as a dollar per month to get episodes of this show early. Dick. 25, bro. Congratulations, you have discovered the secret message. Midweek Matinee is produced and edited by Christopher Figueroa. Music is by Joshua Lago. Thank you for your support and for enjoying all these movies with us. And lastly, please send your iTunes reviews to Old Pink, Care of the Funny Farm.